Hi friends, I just finished reading uh, Rethinking Positive Thinking by Gabrielle Utengen, and it's a book about what you want out of life and how to achieve it, which actually had a, a somewhat surprising conclusion. It talks about how the obstacles in our lives, the things that we believe get in our way and get in front of us achieving the goals that we want to get are actually something that will help us accomplish those goals faster. It also uh, talks about that dreaming or fantasizing or wishing about the future makes it less likely that you will achieve that dream or desire. It goes against a lot of what I read and a lot of the sort of things I've been reading about manifestation and visualization. So I was kind of curious to read the book and see what it said. So we go back to what the definition of positive thinking actually is. And this was something that uh, a man called Martin Stilgman, uh, the founder of the positive psychology movement, that uh, this definition comes from him. And he defines positive thinking as beliefs or expectations about the future that are based on past success. So the based on past success, which a lot of the current literature on positive thinking ignores completely, is, is something that we don't generally hear about. You can't just sit in your chair and think really hard and expect your dreams to come true. And I think that approach appeals to a lot of people because it's it's quite easy to do it, it, to sit there, relax, and, and dream about what, what you would like to happen. But positive thinking, for the most part, will not move you towards uh, any goals that have any sort of obstacles with them. In the book, she studies uh, two types of optimism. Uh, one is positive expectations based on past experiences of success. And then the more free-flowing thoughts that we might simply call desires or wishes or things that we would like to manifest. She did a study and it was on what a large part of the population might do on New Year's Eve is to have a goal to lose weight. So she had uh, 25 overweight women who were enrolled in a weight loss program and she had some of them think about successfully completing the weight loss program and she had others think about the struggles that they would inevitably face on this journey. Surprisingly, but not really because I sort of already gave you a spoiler at the beginning, the women who just fantasized about their success lost on average about 24 pounds less than the women who imagined what their struggles would be. Now this study was back in 1991 and the psychology community was so focused on the idea of the power of optimism, things like the secret and how to manifest by visualization that no one paid much attention to her, but she, she kept working at it. And she kept seeing the same thing, that unwarranted optimism doesn't help people get their goals, it gets in the way. And I can, you know, I can say that in my own study sample of one being me, I have a very strong aversion to uh, paperwork and my desk right now would, would you know, be exhibit A. And there is no amount of positive thinking visualizations or affirmations that can get me to do paperwork. 
what I have to do to get over the first hurdle, which is sitting down with the work in front of me and setting a timer, is I have to know that this is an obstacle I face, that the hardest thing for me to do is to sit down and do it. But once I'm there, I'm fine. And in a lot of ways, if you're going to take a, go to the gym or take a yoga class or go out running, the actual class or the, the thing that you were trying, you, that you were procrastinating about isn't the obstacle. The obstacle is getting your butt out the door and getting to the class. She does go on to say that the upside of dreaming, it's not, it's not all bad. So or don't throw away your vision boards yet. There are places where it helps. Situations where the tasks are simple and there's probably not a lot of obstacles. So the, the simpler the task, the more thinking about it positively helps. Fewer obstacles, simple, simple tasks, thinking about a good outcome will actually help. Depending on the task, in, in the book she talks about cleaning out the garage and not having a lot of obstacles, you know, for doing that. So she used that as her example of a, uh, of a simple task. But any task, depending on what your strengths are, what your situation is, and basically where you are mentally, the amount of energy any task takes will depend on those things, where you are mentally, you know, what your history is, what's going on in your life. Like I said, the example of cleaning out a garage for some people would be easy enough. And for some people I hear cleaning out a garage is fun. But for some people, it seems insurmountable. And in those cases, identifying the obstacles and addressing them and dealing with them would be something that would be helpful and move them towards that goal. The next situation or the second situation where thinking positively will help is if you are waiting for a result or something that is out of your control. For example, if you're waiting for some medical tests to come back, positively dreaming about the outcome or visualizing the future that you want is a way to help deal with stress and help you feel more peaceful and calm will help you relax. No amount of worrying is going to affect outcomes that are out of your control. So in this case, focusing on positive outcomes, whether they manifest or not, or whether they are positive or negative. And even if you come out with a result that you don't like, that you would consider a negative result, you will get that result in a healthier state of mind and body if you are relaxed and mindful when you get it. Those are some of the upsides. Now we're going to talk about some of the downsides of dreaming. So there's three main reasons that dreaming might not be your best approach. The first is a consequence of one of the benefits that I just mentioned is that you become relaxed when you fantasize about the future. And this relaxation can get you through tedious or difficult circumstances, but it will not help you actually achieve your fantasy or your wish, or your goal. And that's because your mind is fooled into believing you've actually accomplished it. And then it will leave you with less drive to actually make it happen. And I know this goes in contrary to a lot of books, a lot of books I've read as well. As with anything, you can take this and, and just experiment in your own life and see if this resonates with you, see if this works for you. 
The second follows from the first, and that is that positive fantasies make you especially unfit to handle hard tasks that require concerted effort. This is because your fantasies rob you of the energy required to do the difficult tasks. You might feel that, well, you know, man, I've been visualizing this and I've been doing this and this. It shouldn't be hard now. It should just come easily. That isn't the case, generally. The third and final reason is that your positive fantasies will lock you into a cycle of dreaming without ever exploring whether or not your dream is feasible, which, of course, would require more energy than you have right after the fantasy. Now, it's not all bad news. I know that was a big bummer, especially if you've been madly manifesting and visualizing and all of that, I I believe, will do good. I think you just have to add tools on top of it. So one of the things that she she took from her her studies and from her results, um, she wanted to find a way to help people reach their goals and dreams. And she developed a process called mental contrasting. And it's pretty simple. Right after you have this positive fantasy about whatever it is you want to achieve, you immediately jump into visualizing the challenges and obstacles that you face achieving it. So this would short circuit the negative effects that your fantasy might otherwise have, which are relaxing you and sapping you of the energy you need to actually deal with the work that's required to achieve goals and give you that energy to get you moving towards the uh, action you need to eliminate obstacles. So mental contrasting works for a number of reasons. One, it gets your unconscious brain working on your obstacles. What you do by using this method is to create a link between your goal and the obstacles you think you'll face. It also gets your brain thinking about the behaviors required to overcome the obstacles. This means that when you think of your goal, you will also think of what you need to do in order to overcome these obstacles. Let's you do a better job of processing the inevitable negative feedback. When you expect there to be obstacles, they become less daunting. They're just one more thing to achieve your goal. And if you have, say, kids and you have to get them in the morning, get them breakfast, get them out the door to school, to whatever it is, I mean, no realistic mother expects that all of that will go perfectly and that there won't be a tantrum or there won't be a lost shoe or a lost bit of homework or somebody won't push their sibling or that sort of thing. Those are the obstacles that you know you're going to have to deal with. So when they happen, you're not completely thrown by them. Well, hopefully not. You deal with them, you move on, you build time and resources into coping with the obstacles that let you get to your goal, which like is getting, say, the kids out the door. This woman was interesting in another way because while she was doing all this, her husband, Peter Galwitzer, was performing research on another topic called implementation intentions, which is kind of fancy, so you don't even have to hang on to that. But what he was studying was how we plan to achieve our goals and overcome obstacles. And what he found and what multiple studies have found is that that having an implementation intention significantly increases the odds of completing your task or reaching a goal, which is a very fancy way of saying 
if you have a plan on how you're going to do something, the odds of you actually getting it done are better. So he did, there, there's a, a study, and this is the most famous study about implementation intention or having a plan. And it was about in exercise. So they had three groups of people. People were asked to exercise in the following week. And at the outset, they were given three separate sets of instructions. The first group was a control group, and they were just said, exercise next week. The second group was given a motivational speech highlighting the benefits of exercising and the dangers of not exercising. And the third group was asked to make an implementation intention or to make a plan and to tell the interviewer exactly where and when they would work out. And then the results were this. The first group that they were just told to exercise, 38% of them exercised. In the second that got the motivational speech, even fewer, 35% of them exercised. And in the third group where they had to make a plan and actually say what their intention was, 91% of them exercised. Fascinating, right? So study after study has shown that our traditional thinking on the topic, people simply need more motivation, is not true. Rather, if you determine exactly what you need to do and exactly when you will do it, the, result, the resulting improvement will be dramatic. So then they put the whole thing together and they made it into a cute acronym called WHOOP, W-O-O-P. And WHOOP stands for, W is for wish. The first O is outcome. The second O is obstacle. The P stands for plan. So here's how it works in practice, which is something you can do with any wish or goal you may want to accomplish. First, grab a piece of paper and write down your wish, the W, or goal in three to six words. Keep it brief. Second, this is the outcome. This is the first O. Identify what you believe are the best possible outcomes of achieving this goal. And again, keep it short. Three to six words works best, they found. Next, obstacle. Let your imagination lead this exercise by writing down every single obstacle that you can think you'll face on your way to achieving that goal. And now for the P, the plan. For each of these obstacles, write down one specific plan that you can take towards overcoming them. Make it in the form of an implementation intention by naming the time and the place that you believe the obstacle will happen and what you will do with it when it does. So WHOOP, W-O-O-P, is it's a powerful process that you can use to get better at achieving your hopes and dreams. And the benefits, including the fact that it'll force you to be hyper-realistic about your goals and then be action-minded in your approach in achieving them. It's not as exciting and it's not as flashy or as sexy as what you might read in other books, that you can use the power of your thoughts to manifest whatever you want in your life. But according to their studies, you are going to enjoy the outcome much more. Now, again, with anything, try this on in your life. 
I'm not going to tell you what to do about one thing or another. This is an interesting strategy. It does sound uh, a little less romantic than simply visualizing. But it also, in, in, in the same way, when you're trying to figure out how you're going to organize a vacation, you're probably already using this, especially if, if you're a parent or you have kids or you're trying to organize anything. When you're planning for, say, a vacation or you're, you're planning a social event, we never assume things are going to go smoothly. And if you do, you, you do end up getting pretty frustrated because inevitably people will be people and situations will be such that things will not go smoothly. And the better prepared you are for the inevitable obstacles that show up in front of you and have a plan for dealing with them. When my kids were little, my son especially was really, really, really fussy whenever I wasn't bouncing him or I wasn't um, carrying him around. So I was never without a rattle because if he had to be in his car seat, I would always have the rattle. That was my plan because the obstacle was going to be he was going to scream for the entire car ride, which was stressful for everybody. So knowing that this was going to be an obstacle for a peaceful ride, as peaceful as you can get with three kids in a car, this was the plan I made and the goal have a peaceful car ride. So, I mean, that's just a, a really simple example about how you could do this. Now, in recovery, this is, this, is a nice, this is a nice way to approach recovery as well because we all know that wishing or hoping that, well, I, I'm just going to use my willpower or I'm just going to think positively or I'm just going to visualize, visualize myself sober might work for, I don't know, half an hour a day, a week, however long it works. But inevitably, you're going to come up against an obstacle. You're going to come up against a trigger. And if you have already prepared yourself for that, so if you know what your goal is, you've taken a look at what that goal will mean to you, what your outcome will be, and being sober, being healthy, being able to show up for your kids. And then you take a look at the obstacles that are going to come in your way. And that can be your spouse not being supportive. And that can be uh, social situations that you know are going to be challenging. It could be groups of friends, obligations that you might have. It could be that your work environment is one where you uh, take clients out. There's drinking. It could be that, that your social circle involves lots of drinking. Maybe you guys get together and play bunko. So you know that's going to be an obstacle. So you write that down as one of your obstacles and then you write a sober plan. How are you going to face that obstacle when it comes? By being realistic and being really pragmatic and looking at, well, here's where I want to be. This is how it's going to benefit me. Here are the obstacles that I'm going to face. And, and then think about all of them. And then here is my plan for these obstacles. And your plan might look different than somebody else's. Your plan for dealing with a situation may be completely different than what somebody else would do in that situation. And this is where having someone help you or having, you know, really spending the time and focusing on different ways that you can cope. But in the first time you come up against 
this obstacle and you pull out your plan, it might not work. And this is where learning comes in. And this is where you pull from other resources. And this is where you, you come back to your sober tribe and you talk to people about how they've dealt with these obstacles. I talk a lot about finding your tribe and using them as, as your support. So take, with this, take from this what you will. With anything I say, I really invite you to examine it with a critical mind. And again, to critique means to examine critically, not to criticize. So critique it. Take what works for you. Leave what doesn't. But if, if part of you is saying, I really just want to wish my way into sobriety, maybe sit down with that and, and decide if doing that really has served you. And if what you've been doing so far hasn't served you, and if it hasn't, this might be an approach that works for you. So identify your wish. Think about what the outcome would be. Look at the obstacles. Plan for the obstacles. And if you need a hand with that, and if you are just, if you are done, if this whole thing just seems insurmountable, whether it's that cleaning out the garage, the pile of paperwork, that getting sober is just more than you can even think about, but you know that you cannot keep living the way you're living. You know that you're done. You've had it. You've decided you're sick of wearing this mask. You're just so, so, so done and tired. Pop over to chatwithruth.com. There are more podcasts. You can click on a 30-minute clarity call with me. Get on my schedule. We can talk about resources. I have paper resources I can send you. We can start about, we can look at setting up a plan. But know that you are not in this alone. And that no matter where you are, there is a path through this. Even if you can't see it right now, even if you don't believe it's possible, if you think that you are stuck and you will never find a way out of this, know that that's not true. There are people who will help you. There are ways through this. I'm Ruth. Go visit me at chatwithruth.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll talk soon.